I'm Leslie Torres. And I'm Bronna Marks. And together we co-host West Coast Mix and Bounce. For all things West Coast NBA. That's right. We cover the Lakers, Clippers, Warriors, and yes, the Kings and the Suns. When there's something good to talk about. We have a new and fun episode every two weeks where we break down the craziest headlines in the NBA that pertain to the West Coast teams. We are such a niche podcast that you won't find anywhere else. I mean, two girls with experience in the field talking West Coast basketball. Um, Yeah, you want to listen. This is West Coast Mix and Bounce brought to you by LAFB Network. Welcome back to another episode of West Coast Mix and Bounce. And today we have a full episode. We're going to be talking Lakers and their injury bug. How is that looking for them come playoff time? And then we're also going to be talking about the Warriors, of course, and um, what it means for the Warriors' chances to for the play-in tournament. We also have WNBA jerseys that just dropped. The season schedule just dropped as well, so we're going to be getting into that. We're also going to talk Clippers, Suns, and so much more. So keep listening. But first, let's start off with the Lakers. So what do you think, Bronna? Oh, man. <laughs> what? They're in shambles right now. Um, <laughs> it, it hurts to see. But there is hope. We just got confirmation, you know, that LeBron's supposed to be back in about three weeks. AD is supposed to be back within 10 to 14 days. And he shot around before the Nets game, I believe. So mm-hmm. it's like he was actually on the court being a basketball player again. So that's exciting to see. Uh, it's a little devastating to see how they went from number two to now number five. Mm-hmm. And hopefully, you know, if those guys come back in time, they, I feel like I literally jinxed it last episode. I said, no, they'd never fall out of the top eight. Oh, <laughs> yeah. They're kind of going half season wins and losses right now. So it's really 50-50 chance. Um, but, yeah, that's that's how I'm looking at the situation. Are you more hopeful? Are you devastated? Like, what's going on? Um, I'm on the same page with you. Like, they're really struggling out there since they've been without both, like, AD and LeBron especially. But they, for some reason, they just haven't been healthy. You had, like, no Kuzma last game. You have Kuzma playing tonight. There was a point where there was no Marcus Saul. They had no Wesley Matthews. And I know it's like maybe they're not super important players like LeBron or AD, but they're still like, that kind of messes up their rotation and the depth that they have going on at the bench. So I think it's just, it's so sad to see them struggling, but they are struggling, which kind of highlights maybe what the Lakers need to do and pinpoint their weaknesses come playoff time if they still make the playoffs because they literally need AD and LeBron back ASAP. But like you said, I think their timetable is like soon, according to Woj. I think they were like three three weeks out until Lakers get LeBron and AD. I think we're going to get AD sooner than LeBron, maybe. But we just yeah. need to get one of them back. And I mean, I just think that they want their stars to be 100% healthy before putting them out on the court again. And so maybe it just feels like it's been a long time. 
But yeah. I mean, I would I would advise them to be more on the safe side, given that if they do want to make a playoff run, they want to be healthy for that as well. I think that's more important than the regular season right now. Like, there's no need for you to actually win against the Hornets, but you don't want to drop super low either. Yeah. <laughs> I'm saying as I'm no, watching them definitely. lose. <laughs> Definitely. They are literally, they're 5-7 and seven without LeBron, and they're 12-13 and 13 without um, AD. So that really kind of shows you the picture of where they're at right now. If you, I just was like kind of taking a look to see if anything in their stats changed. And LeBron and AD, surprisingly, are still leading the team in points, even <laughs> though they haven't played like over a dozen games yeah. um, since they've been out. So... That is a little striking to me, but I do feel like there have been players that stepped up, of course. I feel like the whole new, like literally new, starting lineup has stepped up um, as far as just putting up points. But I think their major weakness right now is teams with a defense. Like if they play against any teams with a defense, it's like they're like a sinking boat against the Knicks. They couldn't win there you against go. Mm-hmm. Brooklyn. They won. We all know that the Nets, you know, don't have a defense. Yep. <laughs> really. And then, you know, just in the last three uh, games, the and the Heat, a defensive team, they couldn't pull it off against them either. Um, but I think one of the biggest games was Brooklyn in a way, but also not in a way. I feel like it showed bo- both sides. The fact that, yes, they're still offensively powerful um, without their stars, but, you know, against teams that are not, I don't know, as far as, as like, highly defensively efficient or, like, prepared for the fact that the Lakers still have talent, yep. but they're just not as talented. No, I think you said I think you said it perfectly well. Like they how are you gonna lose to the Knicks but not to the Nets? And that difference is the defense. It's mm-hmm. like they can't or at least I don't know, maybe it's coaching wise, they can't defend the defense yeah. or like they can't that defense when it's too striking on their end, it messes up all the offensive flow that they had, which you can tell against the Nets. As a team, the Lakers shot fifty six percent from the free the from the three point line. While the Nets, you know, they scored horrible, only made 5 of 27. But, I yeah. mean, they had eight players scoring in double-digit numbers, a season high, and for that Nets game. Why? Because there was no defense. Drummond yeah. had 20 points, 11 rebounds. McLemore was on fire. I think he made five threes that night. And that was only his second game playing for the Lakers. So, I mean, they were really having, like, a hot momentum going on. It was just because there was no D. And then if you do add defense, like the Knicks did or like the Hornets is doing, it's like they seem like lost puppies out there. Like they don't know what they're doing. Uh-huh. And I mean, um, I would say that's maybe more of a coaching maybe opinion that they need to be able to f- make plays when they have such tough defense on them. But yeah. uh, but I will give them that their defense hasn't dropped as much. It's the offense that kind of, that's just not on. It's not there for the Lakers, and it's and you can tell that it, the team is clearly going to be built around LeBron and AD because they just look lost without them out there. Yeah, I mean it's also just the flow of the game. You know, when you're missing mm-hmm. two major offensive pieces and defensive pieces, because like we said, we have talked about how 
LeBron's defense has definitely improved, thank God. And AD is a defensive player. Like, we love to look at him like this big guy who gets in the paint and averages 20-something points a game, but he makes a difference down low, just that power. And even Kuzma referred to it after the Heat game, I think. Um, He said that they know that their offense can produce shots, but it's just like they have to figure out more – just more options for plays and, you know, that flow on offense, like who's got it when it's tough on them or who's going to pick up the slack when somebody else Mm -hmm. is having a bad night, you know, and it's like they cannot figure that out for themselves. And granted, they only have a short period of time to figure it out, but maybe what you're saying is true. The fact that coaching, maybe they need to put in some, different kinds and implement some different kinds of situations to help them when they're down like this, because hopefully not, but what happens if your stars don't come back or they come back and y'all are really like the ninth seed. Yeah. Yeah, Or like on minute restrictions, you have to figure out what to do. Exactly. Exactly. But I will give them, I don't want to be like, Oh, you're, you're banging on the coaching staff, but like, it will give them the, like the benefit of the doubt. They do have, a small pool of players to work with just because of all the injuries or whatever Mm -hmm. protocols or then Dennis Schroeder got ejected. So there's just, I feel like too much is happening right now. They're struggling and it's, they need to find a way to wrangle it in. If not, like you said, they're going to be at the bottom of the West soon. Yeah, exactly. There, there are players taking, you know, responsibility. Dennis Schroeder came out and said, you know, He's a big blame for their turnovers. They had a lot of turnovers Mm -hmm. against the Knicks, 24 total, and he had five, which was the most. And when you have a point guard coming out and saying, you know, the way I facilitated the game was bad, (laughs) at least there is some kind of responsibility or accountability. Mm -hmm. So there's there's hope for the the Lakers, as always. We're not giving up on them yet, but it is a little ugly. Not gonna lie. <laughs> it, is. it is. I mean, and they also finally have their final roster together. So I think mm-hmm. now there's probably going to be, they're going to have time to get to know each other and say, these are the team. This is the, my players. This is what we're going to play with. And um, they at the end, they kind of got what they needed. They just have to figure out a way to play it. They ended up getting Andre Drummond, you know, to complement the paint and AD and Montrezl Harold. And they also got more outside perimeter shooting, which we saw in Ben Mc- and Ben McLemore and Alfonso McKinsey, which they already had. So, but he was a great shooter for the Nets um, on the Nets game. But um, yeah. I feel like they have the tools. They just need to find a way to be healthy and be consistent. Yeah, definitely. I totally agree. Everybody they added has contributed as much as they can contribute considering the situation. Uh, You know, there's a little drama, Gasol thinks. Well, at least the media, I guess, is trying to paint it out how that uh, Gasol thinks um, Drummond is going to kind of take his place in the lineup and stuff like that. So it's, it's little stuff that they have to look out for like that, little drama or anything like that, that will mess up their their focus. Their focus is that they want to get a championship, you know. Yeah. So no matter how many more changes they have to go through or how many people they have to adjust to, at the end of the day, they, they still want to play like a championship caliber team. And they have the benefit of the fact that LeBron and AD are coming to most of the game still, even though they're hurt and coaching yes. up people on the sideline, which is also like not something you could say about every single team, you know? 
Yeah, that's why I feel like their coaching should be better. <laughs> All I see oh, them is with their little clipboard. <laughs> also that. <laughs> also I'm kidding. That. Uh, another team that has also been hit with the injury bug lately is the Warriors. As we know, they are without Clay Thompson and Eric Pascal. Now, Oubre Jr. is day-to-day. And then recently, Jason Wiseman is out as well or he has a torn meniscus in his right knee so they kind of have to figure out what's going to happen with him they haven't really said if it's a season ending injury but they're Mm -hmm. also struggling a little health wise what do you think does this um hurt their chances for the play in tournament or is it or is the season just a bust by now i mean i feel like if Curry continues to play the way he wants to play, which is doing things like becoming the all-time leader. <laughs> like what he did last points, night, yep. <laughs> gets for the franchise scoring, what was it, 53 points or something like that. Yep. So, and um, the fact that he did all that, I think he had 19 points in the first quarter, and I was like, oh, yeah, he's going off. And uh, I was listening to the commentators in the background. They were like, oh, players like to act like they're not about to, like, win a record or top a record. But they know. They know. And I was like, yeah, Kerry, he knows. (laughs) He went Um, off in that first. Yep. (laughs) Yeah, no, he went off. And that is typical. I guess Steph Curry, you could say, he's always showing out. And for the past few nights, he's been scoring 35 points or more. Um, wow. And when he does that in a game, usually they win. Now, we talked about in the beginning, that will be exhausting for him to carry that team like that uh, all the way to a play-in tournament, possibly through a, maybe a small playoff run. <laughs> because at the end of the day, if they can't get other guys involved, yes, Curry is going to be Curry. He's going to have those nights. But this is definitely one of the seasons where he's scored like this obnoxiously you could say in a way but I think he really is trying to pull his team out of the deep dark blue sea like where they're at getting blown out by 60 points (laughs) I wish I hope I pray honestly that they get the chance to at least do a play-in tournament just so they could get a little bit of experience with a team that still is young and still is without some really big stars and Mm -hmm. some um, and they have a lot of injuries, which is honestly a league round thing, it seems, at at, at this point. Yeah. But, yeah, the, the Warriors have a ways to go. Yeah, I think what you said on Curry is totally right. He's definitely rallying the team. He wants, the, he wants a chance. He wants a chance. But, yeah. I mean, to me, because they have Curry and Draymond, I mean, they still have a chance at least for the play-in tournament, if not the playoffs automatically, if they keep on going. Like, if he keeps on playing like how, how he did. I mean, and that last night was just historic. He passed Welt's um, 17,783 points. And not only that, but he did it on 4 for 24 from the field, 10 of 18 from 3, and 15 of 16 from the free throw line. So he was definitely feeling it. He knew it was coming. And because of that, and because of Steph Curry, like... I cannot just say that the Warriors don't have a chance at all because I will not count them out just yet. But what it, what it, to me is interesting is that since Jay's Wiseman might be done for the season, I think that the Warriors have always had the had the time and the role to develop these younger players. And now that most of them are either injured for the most part or not 
in the game, they can solely focus on making the playoffs and making the playing tournament, if that's the case. So I think, I don't want to say that these injuries help because I never want to see anybody injured, but I feel like the focus then shifts because then you don't have to kind of develop James Wiseman. You don't have to force him or want plays out of him that he's not ready as a rookie to do, mm-hmm. especially alongside like Draymond and Curry. But um, I think with that, I think it kind of changes the focus on the Warriors and kind of makes it like you have to win now yeah. or at least make the playoff, like the play in tournament. If they're yeah. going to go past that, I'm not sure. We'll end up seeing, but <laughs> I feel like at right. least get that far. And, and just so people know, so I have the official like guidelines of what the play in tournament is supposed to be structured. Oh, Cause I didn't sure, even know sure. it was supposed to be do- like this. But they're going to have the 7th and 8th seeds from each conference. And then they're going to have the 9th and 10th seeds from each conference play against each other. And then they're going to take the the best and the worst from each side, have them play, and then they earn the number 8 seed. So they have a little ways to even go within the play-in tournament if they do get there. Um, It's not going to be like something quick. Um, and easy for them and like always these teams uh, by conference the end of the bottom of the conference right now is the Grizzlies the Spurs the Warriors the Pel and the well the Pelicans are 11 but let's just you know give a little leeway Mm -hmm. behind them Um, and they're all separated by a game a half game Hmm. so yeah, it's going to be competition within their bracket, you could say. Okay, so they're playing the the bottom, like 7th, 8th, ninth, and 10th team are playing against each other. And then whoever loses plays against the loser. The winner plays against the winner. And then they get to decide? The loser plays against the winner. The loser, okay. this, is how, this is what it says, word for word. Um, the loser of the seventh eight game will host the winner of the nine ten game, okay. and the winner of that game will determine each number eight seed. Okay, so like a mini playoff between those four teams. Yeah, is the vibe it's like, getting okay. Why the, do they make it so complicated? Main, main <laughs> I don't. Right? I, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it sounds complicated, but then we'll we'll end up seeing how it plays out. But um. I mean, at least they still have a chance if they really want to make the playoffs. Yeah, so granted that they have a mostly healthy team by then mm-hmm. um, with the guys that they do have, uh, maybe they get a chance to just sneak into that number eight seed and maybe go through a round. That'd be nice to watch. And I'm sure it's gonna it's kind of like a bubble in a way, yeah. in a sense, kind of the bubble vibe, which makes it more exciting. And I think, like, when you have Curry and Draymond on your team, <laughs> that's just going to happen naturally. It's going to be competitive. So I would I would like to see that. <laughs> but, yeah, besides the Warriors, we have the Clippers, who are on the other side of that. They're in a five-game winning streak right now. Uh, their longest winning streak was seven. But they definitely still have some doubters. I may be one of them <laughs> on their on them, uh, including Mr. Charles Barkley himself, because, because of course, why wouldn't he be talking crap about the Clippers? Uh, 
He said that the Clippers have always sucked. And now I'm not going to say every word he said in there, but he just said basically that he's been through a long period of life (laughs) and that the Clippers have sucked then and they suck now. So how do you interpret that situation, Leslie? (laughs) In a way, I agree. In the same breath, I disagree. And let me tell you why. I think it sounds harsh, how he said it, but it's kind of like, if you're from LA, if you were born here, you kind of already know that the Lakers, they don't suck, but they just can't win, if that makes sense. So, I mean, if you know enough about the Clippers and their playoff and championship history run, it just, it becomes somehow a universal truth, especially if you're from here. It's like, oh yeah, Los Angeles has traffic. Yeah, Clippers never, are never going to win. Like, it's, it goes hand in hand, <laughs> at least here. That's and hilarious. But that's, I mean, growing up, that's the vibe I got, you know? And that's the vibe mm-hmm. everybody gets. Like, you can't, they couldn't win when they had, like, Lob City. They couldn't win last season with um, Paul George and Kawhi. And, like, and those are the, and that's just, like, the past 15 years. They've never won a championship. They've never gone to the Western Conference Finals. Like, it's, wow. it's impossible for someone to think like it's gonna happen this year but then that's when I kind of disagree because I feel like if any year it could happen it could happen this year because they're especially right now playing a little bit more consistently and against those top ranking teams in the NBA that we have discussed like until they win against these teams will I take them seriously well they've won a couple so I guess I should start taking them seriously (laughs) I mean and especially I think Paul George I feel like every time I talk to him talk about him or give him any credit he just turns like into pandemic p in the next couple of weeks (laughs) so i hope this doesn't happen but i mean he's been on an awesome run the last four or five games he's on fire from the three-point line so i feel like yes i agree with chuck but at the same breath i disagree but i agree (laughs) (laughs) yeah i don't know ever since i got my big laugh from last year about them bombing um (laughs) i don't have a lot of um enthusiasm for the clippers as far as 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 far as how far they're gonna go off in in their playoff run and i think honestly i don't know if it's just easy to pick on them but when i was just looking through their schedule and their record (laughs) you know when they went on that seven game winning streak we were talking about this teams they were playing you know Mm -hmm. that they weren't that competitive and it was kind of like an easy streak for them when you have somebody like Kawhi and Paul George and Serge Ibaka granted he's been hurt but you know what I'm saying all this talent on this on this team they're number two in the Western Conference like yeah they're supposed to win against those kinds of teams like you know why wouldn't they and I versus the Pistons in their latest game they they won 131 to 124 not a far not a big margin Mm -hmm. but the pistons are 16 and 38 (laughs) you know what i'm saying the rockets they won against them 126 109 a little more of a blowout but the rockets are 14 and 38 so it's just like you're playing these teams and a lot of them um in a row i don't know if this was kind of like a thing that they had just put together before the season started was like let's give them some easy streaks to up their confidence (laughs) Um, that sounds like what they're doing (laughs) 
Yeah, and then we're going to talk about it, but their biggest game in that streak so far has been the Suns. Yeah. They're number two right now in the Western Conference. They're literally on fire. And I just want to note that the Suns were on a seven-game winning streak before they played the Clippers, and then they beat Utah, who's number one in the conference, in an OT win, and then had to go and play the Clippers. Well, we're not saying that the Clippers aren't talented, but they take advantage where they can take advantage, okay? (laughs) And that's what makes them Um, look good. (laughs) Yeah, I guess, I guess. But from the Suns, because I think, everybody got a big chunk of what both teams look like. You know, mm-hmm. it was a big playoff feel uh, uh, in that game. Oh, yeah, for sure. It was it was, it was was exciting to watch. And you know what? I didn't know that they were in a seven-game, like, like the Suns were had played that many games before, um, meaning the Clippers. So mm-hmm. I might, I might just, like, kind of take back what I said because <laughs> I feel like sometimes I hype them up too much because I'm I want to be unbiased and like give right. my honest opinion but then you say these amazing facts like that it makes me think do are do the Clippers have it I don't know now I'm Nobody confused <laughs> but I mean in, in a sense you're right I feel like there's something I don't know what it is but there's just something about the clippers that just still doesn't sit right with me like yeah they also recently lost i think patrick beverly for maybe like a month or so so i feel like maybe some some of their consistency might change in the next couple of games and and i really don't want to downplay their current success because i mean but there's just something about their games that just doesn't sit i feel like there's a lack of chemistry sometimes and mm-hmm. I really don't know what it is. Like, yes, Paul George is having a great game. He's going off. But then there's just something. I don't know. I can't put my... Um, it's not like a fact, I can say. But there's just something. And I feel That's like... It's missing. Yeah, yeah, there's something definitely missing there. And I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's the chemistry, if it's maybe the players are not vibing well, like, or maybe they're missing players and that's why it doesn't seem right. I don't know, maybe they don't have fun together. And then there's this whole mm-hmm. thing with Pandemic P, like the fact that that became a thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so maybe they're know. just not being as vulnerable as they should be as a team. I think they're definitely all focused enough to win and observe the talent they have. But, you know, what else? You know? Yeah. And, like, and what else after that? So I wish I could explain it better, but I just feel like I've watched a couple of their games and I'm just like, I want, there's something missing. Are They're winning, yes, but there's still something missing and I can't put my finger on it. When I do, I will let y'all know because <laughs> I, I think before the season is over, we'll have like a definite like word for what right? that is. <laughs> I'm going to come back to episode 37 and say, ha, that's what it was. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys make sure you stick around for that episode okay so we can come back and we can revisit this very important conversation um but i i could tell you who does have the it factor the sons they do <laughs> um i believe honestly they have the biggest chance to go the furthest in the playoffs in our west coast area because they seem I was trying to kind of think of a word to define how this team functions. Yes. And it's very elusive. Like, you think you got them, and then they're like, ha no, got you. <laughs> like, 
Um, they seem very balanced on both sides of the floor. Mm-hmm. And for the most part, they're very reserved. You see a lot of these teams now getting this deep into the season. They're they're smacking at each other and they're talking about each other and they're getting in arguments on the floors and all these hard fouls and stuff. And you can still see it again in the in the game that they played against the Clippers. They had two Clippers that were ejected, Beverly mm-hmm. and Morris. Um, granted, you had techs and and um, fla- two flagrants, two ejections, and three techs in the last 24 minutes of the game. And most of that was on the Clippers. So it's like whatever the Suns are doing to get under these teams' skin is probably working considering that they have won. Like I said, they went on that seven-game winning streak. They took the L to the to the Clippers, and they kept the pushing. They have wins against Washington and Houston now. Mm-hmm. And they're they're beating good teams. It's not like they're beating these little swing-by-night teams. Not like these... the Pistons, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, but I mean, even in close games like that, even in close games like with, with the Clippers, you know, they still stay behind you, um, and they get in your face, and they're, you know, not afraid of it. Yeah. I mean, they've won 11 of their last 13 games, we already mentioned that they're second in the West. They're definitely on the right path. They're sinking. And they're going to finish this season with a winning record. So I think they haven't finished with a winning record since 2014. So no matter what happens, this season is a plus. But like you said, I think they do have whatever that it thing is. They have it. And like definitely for sure serious contenders. Except for the fact that I think... Just so for so I can be like fully sold, I think DeAndre Aiden needs to be a little bit more consistent. And I mean, like he needs to protect that paint, guard that paint with his life. Like that's like he's so big and such has a perfect frame for it. And he, I feel like he's not consistent enough for the Suns, and that's going to be a weakness that other teams are going to take advantage of. So I think if I really want to see the Suns as like going all the way, Aiden has to kind of be consistent. Yeah, I I could see that. Um, There's definitely always, I feel like, room for improvement. Um, Just looking at other players like Michael Bridges, I feel like Mm -hmm. he's completely done a 180. (laughs) Yes. Um, As far as his, I think he was really content in the beginning of the season, but he really worked his way up into the spotlight. So, yeah, even Aiden, we don't, he's a prime player. You know, they they got him. He has experience, <clears throat> excuse me, and he can be more demanding in the paint, like you said. But I, I think if there's any team that's going to stop them at this point, it's a fully healthy Lakers team. Um, but another thing we definitely want to talk about is the fact that the WNBA season starts on May 14th and they just had the dopest jersey release and I'm so excited for them. <laughs> I am too. They're celebrating 25 seasons, which I think it kind of I was like, what? 25 from 27? <laughs> What's happening Seriously. here? But they're doing so with the Nike, um, with Nike and they're availing a new collection, which is so awesome because honestly like the jerseys are fire i already ordered myself a liberties one 
I'm not a Liberty fan, okay? But the colorway is so cute. Like, I love it. Like, it's so nice. And, of course, I'm going to get myself the Sparks, which is really nice. But they're going to have three different options. So, before, I think they used to have um, just the same, like, jersey. And then the teams were allowed to pick a colorway and sponsors. And that's about it. So, now okay. they're getting, like, stripes and these ombre looks. And I think it's just... So amazing for women, for women in sports, and for the WNBA because they actually took into consideration what the players were saying and the changes were made. So I'm obsessed. I love them. Yeah. Um, I feel exactly the same. I mean, I've, I've been waiting for this. They've been talking about it. They've been hinting at it. I'm mm -hmm. like, yes, yes, let's do it. Come on. Uh, but like you said, the... The fact that they didn't really have any kind of say in the designs before, and the fact that most of their jerseys was like like ninety percent sponsors, and you couldn't even read where they were, mm -hmm. the name or the their number. Or now it's like, no, we're putting the the players in front, the team in yes. front, the city in front. Just how you see in the NBA. Why can't it be the same when you invest in women's sports? Then you get out all of the good stuff that you invest. You know. So, just to mention, his comments really bothered me. Um, just to mention Draymond Green's comments, mm. you know, a Warriors player, somebody who plays with Steph Curry, who encouraged women's sports, who has daughters, um, came out and told women in the WNBA to stop complaining about being paid less. Um. First, we should say also that those comments were made on Twitters because if you actually said this like in an interview or somewhere where people can actually hear you and you're not just typing on your phone, you would have thought like, what an idiot. Who says these kind of things? And mm -hmm. it's him. He also said that uh, I think that women have to actually stand up for what they believe in as if they've not been doing anything this whole time. Mm -hmm. And I feel like he said a bunch of tweets, right? And I think, in my opinion, that it was a very ignorant take. If just asking for what you wanted was so easy, then we wouldn't even be in this situation. Thank you. And it's like, <laughs> it's like, dude, and like, and if he is angry, and I can see his points, but he's just dis disdirecting, misdirecting his anger towards the people that are, or the women that are being kind of essentially like oppressed because they're not, <laughs> they don't have the, they don't have the same system. As the yeah. NBA does. So I'm like, if you're going to be mad at somebody, be mad at the WNBA, be mad at their sponsors, be mad at the people in power who can actually make changes. So I think, yeah. uh, I kind of think he knows what's going on, but I think he's blaming women athletes and <laughs> when there shouldn't be any blame on them. But I also kind of, in a sense, appreciate his comments just because imagine this is an NBA player with all the tools and resources possible, sure, sure. Mm -hmm. and he still has this point of view or this take. Mm -hmm. And so if this is Draymond Green, I can only imagine how many other men or women as well feel this kind of, or share this similar point of view, which allows, I think, this moment for them to be educated. Because yeah. it was, I feel like it was very ignorant. Like, like I don't think he even, he could have read one article, just one. One. And he would have not had that take. Yeah. But I feel like many people do. And so I feel like, okay, well, at least it was brought to the light. People went off on him, of course. 
Um, Liberty's Laisha Clarendon said, shout out to NBA guys who come to tell people in women's sports what we need to grow, what we need to do to grow the game. And I was like, yeah, like, that's just mansplaining. Like, you think you're going to come in here and, like, tell me what to do? Like, like we haven't done it or we haven't thought about it. I don't know. I was just, I was blown away by that comment as well. Yeah, and it wasn't the first time that Draymond Green went on a rant about women's sports and was completely wrong because when the NCAA tournament happened and, you know, the women's literally got a rack of weights for Mm -hmm. their weight room, for their D1 tournament official weight room, they got one rack of weights. um, And and then Draymond went went off on this tangent about how women's um, media and the... Stories are not told, and there's no women's outlets for journalism and sports. I was like, sir, are you... (laughs) Are you not listening to West Coast Mix and Bounce? What's wrong with you? Right? Are you dumb? (laughs) (laughs) Are you dumb? Uh, And... Granted, there we you know we talk about white privilege and pretty privilege and all these other privileges. I'm like, yes. what about male privilege? Yes, because men walk around all day just dumb. I'm sorry. <laughs> and that and sounds like facts to me. <laughs> ignorant, and then want to get on and with their Twitter fingers and like shoop 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 yeah. talk all their crap. No, sir. And you don't know how many men and how many women I saw had to tweet or talk about or put their face on tv to be like this man came in my my dms or my comments and was like oh well women's sports doesn't earn money or women's sports is what did uh the old lakers player say oh my god i can't even remember his name he like made a comment it was like oh y'all the 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 jv team or something like that what goes through y'all's heads when you say this stuff about women's sports? If you took a second to change your perspective and be like, maybe our outlook is the reason why women's sports don't get enough light. Key example, Stephen A. responded to Draymond's tweets and was like, you're wrong. And, um, you know, this is a almost a billionaire type of voice on TV and he came out and said he's wrong and he wanted to promote women's sports more and da 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 well what took you so long hmm? mm-hmm. <laughs> it took Draymond Green to say something stupid for you to be like oh we should try to support women's sports more and then it, it just goes full circle like Draymond says we're complaining no we're trying to have our voices heard and obviously it took us complaining to get you mad to get another person to be like oh maybe we should support them and that's the kind of crap we got to go through (laughs) exactly exactly and and it goes back to the and it's sad to say men will only listen to other men so you have all these WNBA stars tweeting at Draymond you have uh, Megan Rapino also like tweeting and saying stuff, but like I, in the end of the day, I feel like it's gonna be like whatever Stephen A. said is probably mm-hmm. was gonna resonate in people's minds, and I mean I'm not I don't really care about the messenger, but at the end of the day, like you can't just go around saying those kind of stuff, and yeah. I felt like what I did like about Stephen A. What he said was if you really want to be a champion for women's sports and the WNBA. He's like, you guys had the perfect example in Kobe. Like, he was doing it right. And if you really want to help them, just be quiet and take a note as to what these real leaders for change are doing. Not just open your mouth and tweet and then have, like, all this backlash. 
and then respond, but not really respond and just say like, oh, like give a, not even an apology or a redactment of your statements. It's just like, well, we're going to have different ways and that's just what it is. Like, no, if you're going to go out there and tweet, you better be ready for the repercussions that come with it, especially on such a topic like this. Exactly. And I just want to say while we're here, I have Facebook because I love Facebook for its messiness. (laughs) Um, But they have a comparison between Sue Bird and LeBron James, two goats of the basketball world. Mm -hmm. They both have played 17 seasons within their leagues and they both have four championships right sue bird her salary last year was two hundred and fifteen thousand dollars for the year lebron james's salary was 37.44 million (laughs) when sue bird won in the finals last year she got an eleven thousand dollar bonus when lebron won he got a three hundred and seventy thousand bonus so much money (laughs) so just to put in perspective the difference like it's not like it's a small difference it's not like it took 25 years for the WNBA to have jerseys that actually say their city and actually say their name and actually have a meaning (laughs) you know these are real things that happened that took a long time and even the, the fact my favorite jersey out of all of them is the Washington Mystics Rise jersey. Mm. Um, I think it's their it's their Rebel jersey, okay. and it includes the words from the 19th Amendment. And if y'all didn't know what the 19th Amendment was, it's giving women the right to vote, which, you know, didn't happen until 1920 anyways. <laughs> um, so it's just, it's really just about putting things in perspective and the fact that the WNBA is still leading the way and putting things in per- into perspective for people because their other jerseys have other representations for their cities and historic moments um, and stuff like that. The fact that you said you got the New York jersey, mm-hmm. there's one that says equality on the front, like That's with the, the Lady and Liberty fire. That's, that means a lot, you know, so. And, and it really does because, like, for example, I've, I'm from L.A., so Sparks, Lisa Leslie, we share a common common name there so I was like so I've always kind of been like interested in in the WNBA but have I ever been really interested in wearing a jersey no because I don't want to wear equity bank on front of me like no you know what I mean but yeah. now you're like yes I want to rep the sparks that don't really I don't really care about the bank but I'll rep the sparks I'll rep them in, yeah. especially in in black and yellow yes like, yeah. like, and I feel like this is kind of, it's, it's taken a while, but it, at least it gives me some type of hope that change can be made. Everybody's just making it more difficult than it has to be. Definitely. Like, just give us what we want, period. <laughs> period. I wish it was that easy, but, you know, we gotta, everybody has to fight for what they want exactly. Correct. But as long as women keep coming together the way they have, um, we've, I think we will win, though. You know, the future is female, right? I believe in that. Of course. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you said it best. These men sometimes... Ugh, we should change podcasts because <laughs> <laughs> I got time today. <laughs> I know, right? More WNBA talk. I'm, I mean, I'm excited to talk about the season. I think this is probably going to be one of their, buns, their best seasons. Yeah, yet. and then the this draft is on Thursday, too. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, and the, yes, and the draft is on Thursday, so make sure y'all watch it. I believe it's going to be on ESPN where it deserves to be. <laughs> um, 
So, and they have like a dedicated like few hour slot, something like that. So the best way to support them is to watch them and to buy their stuff because I'm mad because y'all went and got and bought up all the stuff that I wanted. And now I don't have a jersey that I could buy and it hurts. What did you want? Which one did you want? (laughs) I wanted the Rise jersey, but in um, Natasha Cloud's number and they're all gone. Mm. Or I don't even know. My girlfriend was looking them up, and she she got herself one. I was like, oh, must be nice. <laughs> but, um, yeah, now I'll keep a lookout for another one because I'm going to get one eventually. Well, it'll be sad when your girlfriend lo- gets lost and just and I know, never right? found ever again. <laughs> we'll see what happens. What happened to your jersey, babe? I don't know. <laughs> I haven't found it since. What's, what's yours is mine, honey. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. <laughs> that's how that works. But no, yeah, I'm excited. All right, guys, that's all we have for you in this episode. Thank you guys for coming back. There's so much more going on this season with the NBA, the WNBA, and everything that goes on crazy in the sports world. So we'll be right here for your updates, and we hope you guys stick with us. But for now, we're going to sign off. I'm Bronna Marks. And I'm Leslie Torres. We'll catch you guys next time. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye.